you have your Bible, I want to share a message with you this morning called A Season of Hope. A Season of Hope. A se- and the word hope means expectation or trust. Right? This is a season of trust. This is a season of expectation. That's what Christmas brings to us. So turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Wow, think about it. There was nothing made that wasn't made by Jesus. Pretty powerful. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love that verse. Love that verse. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. I thought John really pounded that home right there in back-to-back verses. He reminded everybody, hey, I, I just talked about the light. I'm just telling about the light. I am not the light. Right, The true light, verse 9 says, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he believed in his name. He gave the right to become the children of God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the hope, the expectation, the trust that the season brings. And Lord, I pray that this body of believers as, as a corporate group, as individuals, uh, Lord, this, this trust and this hope and this expectation will, will remain in our lives long after the, the lights go down and long after the tree goes down and long after the presents are, are, are where they need to be, returned or in a box or in a, in a shelf. And Lord, I just pray that this hope remains in us. But Lord, use this season to birth new hope in our lives, as Pastor Mark said. Write a new story. Write a new chapter. And today we give you the pen. And we ask you to begin writing, for we don't want to write any longer. Because we keep messing it up. So Lord, make this a season of hope. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Man, I love Christmas. One cool thing about Christmas, everybody writes letters to Santa, right? All kids start writing letters to Santa. I ran across a few of them this week. It says, Dear Santa... They're Santa Claus, what they said. They're Santa Claus, right? Not just Santa Claus. When you come into my house, there'll be cookies for you. But if you're real hungry, you can use our phone and order a pizza to go. That's right. Nice kid. Dear Santa, I want a puppy. I want a playhouse. Thank you. I've been good most of the time. Sometimes I'm wild. (laughs) At least they're honest, right? They may not get the puppy in the dollhouse because sometimes they're wild. Dear Santa, I'll take anything because I haven't been that good. Ah. Right? I mean, sometimes we need that kind of honesty in our lives, don't we? Look, man, I'm not. I'm just cut right to the chase. I haven't been real good. Whatever you bring, I'm cool with it. Right? We'll we'll, we'll just deal with the consequences. Right? I love I love that part of Christmas. I love reading little stories about little kids, and 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 I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait till the 17th. And not that I don't care about a holy night. It's going to be great too. Um, but there'll be no little kids running around. Uh, and like there's going to be on the 17th. There's going to be angels who think they're really flying. There's going to be donkeys who don't want to be on stage, right? There's going to be lambs who don't want to be a lamb, right? And I, I love to watch little kids. I love to watch them. Leah's going to be an angel. Kelly's like, that angel may be everywhere. I said, that's okay. She can be back there in the, in the, in the booth with Seal if she wants to be because that's what angels do, right? But I love that. I love just watching kids 
see Christmas and experience that. But man, I love the, th- the third day song. It says, I want to see Christmas like a child. Don Kinder at 52 years old, I want to have that same zeal, that same excitement. Last night, Cash and I were out in the driveway, and, and there's a few homes lit up in our neighborhood, and they got all them star showers. And me and Cash are just standing in the driveway. He's going, ooh, 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 right? He'd see another light, ooh, right? And we stood out there for 10 or 15 minutes just going, ooh. And it was really cool, right? It's really cool to see that. Leah just driving through uh, Coonskin. She, what'd she call the gingerbread men? Some kind of cookie. Some kind of cookie, and she wants to stop and eat them or talk to them or see them or something. Uh, but man, they're, 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 they see lights and their eyes just light up. Man, you know what? We see lights, our eyes should light up, right? We just read about the true light has come. And our lives, our eyes should light up like, ooh, 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 like cash, right? Be excited about it. Look, I know this story. You know this story. Mary, Joseph, angel, shepherds, Elizabeth, innkeeper, manger, star, wise men, Herod, and Jesus. Those are your characters. I love Ryan actually sent us a, uh, I meant to give that to Seal. What's a nativity scene on a budget? <laughs> There's a bunch of Coke cans that had people's names. Has Jose, Maria, had a, cat, a pack of camel cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, angel. that was great. This little cardboard box, a nativity scene on budget. Mark's like, did you take a picture of my, through my window? Uh, but, I, man, we know the characters. We know, we know everybody. That's the cast of characters. That's all of them. Now, if you know it, but it's a timeless message, isn't it? It's timeless. A, a timeless story that still captivates the planet. The biggest gift-giving season, the cash register are ringing today. Charities claim this is their best time of the year. Merchants claim this is the best time of the year. And it all started in a little place called Bethlehem when the true light came. That was John's Jesus' birth methods, right? I mean, he didn't have Mary and Joseph and angels and shepherds and stables. He just says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. True light had come. That was John's Christmas story. That was his message. And when you hear the Christmas story, you get a picture in your head of what, it, what things must have looked like at the birth of Jesus, don't we? As soon as we start thinking, we, we know what it looks like. And maybe it's the Jose and Maria and the pack of Camel cigarettes uh, in the picture, right? An angel, good stuff. I'll send the picture. We'll share it next week. Sometimes it's interesting to find out how others envision the same scene. I read recently about a children's Sunday school class that had, had heard the Christmas story and they sang the beloved Christmas carol, Silent Night. They were then asked to draw what they thought the nativity scene looked like. They sang the song and then they were challenged by their teacher, now I want you to draw the nativity scene. Right? Draw it. One little fellow did a good likeness of Jer- Mar- or Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus, but off to the side was a roly-poly figure. The teacher thinking that the boy had somehow snuck Santa into the nativity scene asked him who that was. He wasn't sure whether she was relieved or even worried when the boy responded, oh, that's round John Virgin. (laughs) (laughs) That's all round John over there, man. 
I love, I love that kind of stuff. I, I love hearing how other people see it. And if we're truthful, we would admit that our picture of the birth of Jesus is influenced by Christmas carols more than the actual account given to us in Scripture. Look, the Gospels of Matthew and Luke are the only two that have a Christmas story, a true Christmas story, right, where they break it down. I mean, John gives us his Christmas story. Mark just kind of jumps in, starts calling disciples, let's go, let's go fish, right? But these two Gospels, and that's because the Gospel accounts are really short on details. We have to rely on songs sometimes because the Gospel account is actually really short on details of what happened. The Gospel of Matthew, here's what it says, simply says about that wonderful night. One real verse, verse 25. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He called his name Jesus. Everything else in Matthew was the buildup, but the only mention of the birth of Jesus is verse 25. The actual physical account was verse 25. He knew her not. They called his name Jesus until the boy was born. That's it. Details, right? Luke says, the gospel of Luke gives a little bit more information. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Verse 27, Luke chapter 2. Now we know Matthew gives us the genealogy of Jesus. We know Luke tells us more about stars and angels and shepherds, which nothing wrong with any of those things. But the actual birth is just two verses. Two. So we rely on songs, don't we? You see, we have been shaped by the songs. And please do not mistake me of not liking the songs. I actually positively love the songs. One of my favorite Christmas songs is The Little Drummer Boy. It has nothing to do with trees and angels and shepherds. It's about a little kid with a drum who has nothing to bring a king. Man, gratitude, y'all were late on that. Right? We just we sing that worship song, Gratitude. I've got nothing to give a king. That's a little drummer boy, bro. Decades ago, he beats you to it. But he had nothing to give. I, I still get misty-eyed and teary-eyed when I, when I hear that song. I've got about six different versions of the little drummer boy on my phone. i got about six different versions. I still think Four Hymns is one of the best. Um, Pentanox has a really good version of it. Uh, but I love that song. But it has nothing to do with the Bible. Right, it's a Christmas song. It's a Christmas that, I, that doesn't... I'm not diminishing the song. But there was no drum playing at the night. There was, no, there was no drum in the background. Right? There was no drum in the background. Like, okay, they're walking up. Hey, Jesus, can I play for you? Right? Been really cool. It's a cool thought. But I love it. My still go honest. But I love the line, I have no gift to bring that's fit for a king. That's what gets me every time. Take, for example, the song Silent Night. Look at the first few words of the hymn Silent Night. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Now think about that for a moment. You think that stable was silent? You think there was some, you think it was just, I mean, we, 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 again, silent night, we go home, we go. You think that stable was silent that night? How many of you have ever been in the delivery room when a child was born? Is it silent? Give me some eyes. Right? <laughs> right? It's not silent. It's not silent night. Let's be honest now. Was it silent? No. Childbirth is noisy. It's noisy. 
And think about where Jesus was born. Remember that the scripture tells us Bethlehem was crowded with visitors coming home to register for the census. It was so crowded, there was no room for Joseph and his pregnant wife at the only hotel. So room was made for them in the only warm place available, a stable. Jesus was born among the resident animals, cows, donkeys, sheep, goats, pigs, and chickens. Think it was quiet? Silent night. <laughs> right? And then Mary's going, ah! Right? You think it was silent? No. It wasn't silent. Jesus was born to the background music of moos, baas, and hee-haws. Silent night? I don't think so. How about, and how about all is calm? That's what it says, all is calm. I don't think that was happening either at the moment. I don't think that was all is calm at that moment. I don't, I don't think we're wrong. I like to think in the midst of a noisy childbirth chaos, there was a sense of calm. Right? I believe there was a sense of calm in that stable. I believe there's a sense of holiness because the power of God was upon that little staple. Surrounding that mother and father and child. You see, it may not have been truly a silent night, but I do believe it was a holy night. I do believe it was a holy night. The holy night made it calm, and I believe it made it bright. No matter what we think about Christmas, no matter what lens we want to see it through, we can all agree that this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger changed the course of history. It changed the course of history. And you know what? I don't want my best memories of Christmas to be when I was five. I don't want my best memories of Christmas to be when I was 12. I want my best memories of Christmas to be this year. And that's why I believe it's a season of hope, a season of trust, a season of anticipation. And I want that to resonate through us all, not just during December, but all year long. Why? Because we've got Jesus. We wait for Christmas every year, then guess what? It arrives. How many of you are surprised that Christmas has came? Happens every year. But how many of you ever said, said or heard someone say, well, it went by so fast. I just put the tree up yesterday, it felt like, and now i got to take it down. Why? Because we let it blow by. We let it go by so fast. We decorate, we shop, we eat, and we eat, and we eat, and we eat. We get gifts, we boom, it's New Year's, just like that. All that happens, and it's New Year's, and we say, wow, I missed Christmas. I missed it. I don't want you to miss Christmas. I don't want you to miss this season of hope that is found in a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, Lying in a manger. Yet here in 2023, I don't want you to miss it. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to not only buy and wrap, I want you to prepare you for Christmas. I want you to sit down with a bunch of friends and watch Christmas Vacation. I want you to do that. I want you to see Buddy take the bubble gum off and start chewing it, right? I want you to see Buddy say, Santa, I know him! Right? I want you to watch Rudolph. I want you to watch Frosty. Just don't watch when he melts. It still bothers me a little bit. Uh, I cried like a nine-year-old. I just bawled out. I just bawled like a baby when Frosty melted. Um, 
But I want you to enjoy that. That's all part of Christmas. But I don't want you to lose sight of what this hope is inside of us because this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. That's my hope. Not Frosty, not Rudolph. My hope is found in Jesus. And I want that to be a season of hope for you. I want you to go to church. Ha! Yeah, I'll say it. I want you to show up on Wednesday night and eat barbecue. I want you to be here next Sunday night for Oh Holy Night. I want to see you when the kids are running around rampant, dressed up as whatever they're going to be dressed up as. Just a hint, probably going to be some nativity scene, probably be some donkeys and all that stuff, right? Just a hint. Teaser. I want you to fellowship with your church family. I want you to help someone that can't repay you this season. I want you to do something for someone that can't give you anything back because we have this hope in us and his name is Jesus Christ. It's a season of hope. So a couple quick things I want to point out about the season of hope. Uh, and of course, go back to John, chapter, John chapter one. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Go back to, I think, verse nine. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his people did not receive him. But all who did receive him, believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. The first point I want to point out, the reason this is a season of hope is that light has turned the darkness off. <laughs> light has turned the darkness off. If darkness was a switch when Jesus showed up, he flipped the switch, right? And you can say, Don, there's still darkness in the world. There is, but light has come for those who receive him. The true light has come. And for those who receive him, light is shining and reigning in their lives. In the four gospels, only two of them have what we call a traditional Christmas story. We've talked about that. John here just tells us light has come. And not only was light has come, but now light is the life. He's our life. I love that verse. Light shines in the darkness and darkness has not overcome. Since that moment, since that night when Jesus showed up, light has been shining in the darkness and darkness cannot overcome it. That's powerful. He's turned darkness into light. That's what Jesus does. He turns darkness into light. That's why it should be a season of hope. As Pastor Mark said, that's why he can write another chapter in your life. Because he's, he's the light. He's the life. And it's in him. I remember one year when I, when I was, uh, I've shared this story a lot, but I was probably about nine years old. I used to sleep with my lamp on. I, I didn't like dark. Still don't like dark. <laughs> Still like a lot of light. My mom used to tell me when I was a kid, they knew when I was home alone because every light in the house was on. Every, I mean, a two-story house, every lamp, every light, everything was switched on. They knew I was home alone because everything was on. And but I, I never forget, I was like nine years old, and I had, I had my own bedroom. My three sisters had a room. My parents had a room. Then I had a, uh, my own room, being the only boy. So I would just sleep with my door shut and my Dallas Cowboy helmet lamp. I had a little Dallas Cowboy helmet. I wish I still had that. That was pretty awesome. Um, when, and when Santa showed up, right, it was my job as the only boy in the house to get downstairs as quickly as possible, 2, 3 a.m.-ish, right? Find all the stuff. Go, wake everybody up. Woo, Santa. 
right? I had a window in my room, obviously, and I remember laying there, and I'm pretty sure I saw Rudolph one night, a little blinking light, red. Probably was an airplane, but I'm not going to defeat that story. Right. <laughs> Looking back, right? But this year, my parents got smart. They were tired and woken up after Santa came, 2.30 in the morning for a bunch of playing kids. So they took every light bulb out of every lamp <laughs> in the entire house. I go downstairs, flipping switches, turning knobs, nothing. Man. True light has come. I go upstairs, a little Dallas Cowboy lamp. There was one light bulb they didn't get to touch. It was mine. My light. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I did. Took my lamp downstairs, took the lampshade off. Ooh. I lit up the whole room. Santa! Right? Get up and wake. He came, he came. Right? I want you to be like me as a nine-year-old. I want you to take your light everywhere you go. Even when everybody else turns the lights off, even when everybody unscrews all the light bulbs, I want your light, this true light of Jesus Christ, you just take it everywhere you go. Because it's your lamp. It's your light. He's the true light. You're just a witness to that light. But I want you to take that light everywhere you go. Why? Because he turns darkness into light. In Lower Ashford that morning, he turned darkness into light using Don Kinder. Right? He used me to turn darkness into light. And sleepy, grumpy parents had to get up too. Right? That's what happens when darkness turns to light. I want you to know we all have an audience What are they seeing in us? I asked you that question, not just during Christmas, but what are they seeing in us? What does our audience see in us? You have the ability to make an incredible impact. There are countless number of eyeballs on you at all times. That's kind of scary, and it's good at the same time. Kids waiting to be interacted with. Thank you, Bill Cooper, for what you do. Neighbors needing talk to. Coworkers looking for help. And the sad thing is most of the time we miss it simply because we overlook those moments. We have the same opportunity as anyone on the planet to change the world. Why? Because we have the true light. He turns darkness into light. We have an audience that has given us permission to share our light, to tell our story. Let's share this true light that has defeated darkness. Let's not just tell our story. But as John said, I'm not the light. I'm just telling the story about the light. I'm bearing witness about the light. Let us not tell, just share. It's not our light. It's his story. And let us share that. It's crazy. True light continues to shine in a believer of Christ. And it's evident to me when I see a church in Marmette. On a Wednesday night, auction off cake and cookies and raise $5,100. Gosh, it's stupid. That's just so stupid. I don't say that in any way. It's just it's unheard of. There, wasn't, there was maybe 40 of us down there, 50 of us, Wednesday night. And I'm not meaning that to mean mean. I, it's just crazy to watch what God does. And when I see that, I'm reminded there is a season of hope. I want to see Cameron Boggs outbidding everybody for his mom's cookies that he gets every day. <laughs> Am I wrong, Stacy? She's making for him every day. She, if he, he probably does. It's Greg's money, so who cares, right? 
And we did that in 40 minutes. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. It's funny to watch Kevin bid stuff up and then back out the last second. $100! What? $110! Good job, Kevin. Man, didn't do that with peanut butter pies. You had a chance. You didn't have to buy the pie. You just get the number to go high. And we get to bring hope. We get to bring light. We get to bring life to a world around us. It's about, I don't know, six years ago, we just started. This initially started out as Malachi Dads and Connect Youth Group. Uh, we're making cakes, and it was for the, the men and, and even some women of the church to interact with the kids. And they would go to the kitchen, they would make some cakes. And then somebody got the idea, well, let's sell them. Let's, let's, let's just make these cakes and sell them. So it's kind of morphed into this large, major event, right, on our calendar every year, which is still pretty awesome. And, and it was about six years ago. It was in the, in the beginning stages of, of when we were doing this. And I'll never forget, it was, it was a little later. We, we, did it, we tried to do it earlier this year to get ahead of it. But sometimes it's been December and we're scrambling around and trying to get gift cards. And that night, Don Costin, Kevin Williams, and myself went around all over the Canoa Valley. We were at Paint Creek. I mean, we were all over the place uh, passing out gift cards. After church on a Wednesday, we were just running around. And we had this place in Chesapeake. Don was like, I want to give this family some cards. And we'd been dropping off cards. And, and there was a couple, couple homes there side by side. And Costin said, I know this is the one. Because I picked these kids up, and this is where they live. Are you sure, Don? Yeah, I'm sure. I'll take care of it. <laughs> hey, it's Living Faith Church. Who is that? It's Living Faith Church. We got some Christmas gifts. I don't know who you are. It's the church. <laughs> Open up. I got no clothes on. Costa says, well, put some clothes on. <laughs> put some clothes on. She opens the door, wrong house. <laughs> Did we give her a gift card? We should have done. We probably should have gave her some for all the troubles. Man, we get to share our light and our life, even if it's the wrong house, right? Put some clothes on. Daughter put some clothes on. She did. She had a, she had a nightgown on. It's coming to door, and Don realized it was this house, not that one. Kevin out in the background going, Remember that, Costin? Amen. That's right. <laughs> I mean, he, he was, that door was coming open that night. I promise you. He, that door, he was going to go get screwed over and take it off. He was coming open. Um, but man, light has come. It turns darkness into light. It's moments like that that remind Don Kinder there's trust and there's hope and there's expectation in Christmas. I'm telling you, there's some good out there, folks. It's not all bad. There's a lot of good happening behind the scenes. If all you do is watch the news, you're, you're, you're just hearing negativity. Turn some of that crap off. Turn your Facebook off. Turn, off. turn some of that stuff off and go out into the real world and watch and listen because there's good, there's good happening. I mentioned Bill. I mean, he's got this group of kids that he... That uses our gym. He's all over the place, man. Just running kids over and not over with cars like Cossum would. Uh, he's just running around and just in, investing into their lives. You know what I mean? That's light. Light. He turns darkness into light. That's what Christmas is. That's the season of hope. And number two, um, despite the hassle, it's still a season 
of hope, a season of expectation, a season of trust. You look at the story real quick, and, and a census was ordered. Joseph was forced to travel. Mary's nearly full term. There's no hotel room. They got there late. It was one big hassle, wasn't it? Just getting to Bethlehem was a hassle. It's just a hassle. Yet out of the hassle, Jesus was born. He showed up despite the hassle. Right? When you look at the genealogy of Jesus, I've, I've mentioned that before. You get all these people in that genealogy. And man, there were some winners in that group. I don't say that in a nice way. I mean, there were some... Jesus was born despite them, right? Despite all those people, Jesus still showed up. And despite everything that was going on that night in Bethlehem, just to get to Bethlehem, it was a hassle. Jesus was still born. And Jesus still showed up. Anyone here like hassles? Any hassle lovers? Not hassle off, right? Hassle lovers, right? Traffic lines, deadlines, hard times, rainy days. We don't like those. But Christmas says, despite the hassle, hope still arrives. Despite what's going on everywhere else, hope still shows up. I do love that carol. It says, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. A little town of Bethlehem. Man, it's a good line. Those are some powerful words in that song. Don't we all have hope? And don't we all have fears? That night, hopes and fears collided. In a little manger, because light had come, and darkness was no longer going to run rampant. All your hopes are fulfilled by Jesus, and all your fears can be calmed by Jesus. The hope of Christmas is Christ takes the uncertainty of life, and he makes it certain. The hope of Christmas shows us that we can place our hope and our faith and our trust in God, even in the middle of a hassle. Do you need a reminder of this? Then allow Christmas to be that reminder. When Christ was born, so was our hope. Because Christ came, God is now always near us. God is now in us. God is leading us. Jesus understands us. And what you feel, he knows. He knows what you face. He knows what struggle feels like and what pain and heartache feels like. We have a hope that's steadfast and certain. God can use times of difficulty and struggles in our lives to accomplish his will. And his purpose. The certain hope of Christmas is that God sent his only son, Jesus, to bear our burdens, to save us from our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave. How many of you ever been to the DMV? How many of you like the DMV? That might be considered a hassle, right? You walk into the DMV. Your driver's license is expired, right? And you don't want them to let them expire too, too long, right? You never want your license to expire too, too long, right? Because it creates a series of events you don't want to get yourself into. Um, like retaking tests, and it really happens. Um, it happens. But you go in there, and they give you a number. And now they've automated a lot of stuff, but... And now you can do it online, but man, if you had, when you had to go in person, you had to walk in there with your ID card, and you had to walk in there with two forms of identification to prove who you were. I mean, you can get a lot of, you can do your license plate. Rocky, I can see Rocky Hager down there with my property taxes, and my, my receipt, and a check, and he can get me my sticker and my registration renewed. Rocky can do that for me, right? But guess what? I'm the only person that can get my license renewed. Me, Don Kinder. I'm the only guy. 
And God reminded me of that a few years ago when Lauren was getting hers, and he reminded me of it again this week. Just like the DMV, when it comes to Jesus, you're the only person that can respond. You're the only person that can go get your picture made. You're the only person. It's a responsibility that relies on you. And this season of hope, the responsibility to responding to Jesus, it relies just on you for you, no one else. And Kevin preached last week the pursuit. We kicked off Christmas. We were talking at lunch. Herod was the only one that didn't pursue Jesus. He sent someone else, didn't he? You go find him and then call her back at him, right? You can't send someone else to find Jesus for you. You can't send someone else to respond to the gospel message for you. You and only you can do that alone. My prayer for you all this month is we allow the season of hope to be just that, a season of hope. Even when the lights come down, even when you take that tree down and you give the best effort to put that tree back in that box. Has anybody ever won that battle? That's a hard one, ain't it? Never goes back in. Same amount of pieces, same size box. Don't work all the time. Hope is still there. Jesus is not based on lights and trees. His presence is always with us. Maybe you could use some Christmas this Christmas. May you find that hope that comes with this season. Let us pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for this season of hope, the season that we can look with anticipation, the season that we can look with trust. And Lord, we do. We want to trust you with our lives. We anticipate that you are, as Pastor Mark told us, you can rewrite chapters and write new chapters and you can start things over again. You can turn the page and give us a fresh start. And maybe you're in that place today and you need a fresh start. Maybe you're in this place today where you're already burdened down with everything that's going on and God says, hey, take a deep breath. It's a season of hope. Find peace and life. Let him turn darkness into light. and let, let him, even in the middle of the hassle, even in the middle of the mess, let him be who he needs to be in your life. In Jesus' name, we're going to keep your head bowed real quick. If you're in this place and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you'll never really truly experience a true season of hope until Jesus is leading and guiding your life. You can't ask God to be the strength of your life when you don't allow God to lead your life. He has to be leading your life. He can't just give you strength to get you through the day if He's not leading your life.